0: to pray for the people in Israel. 93.3 in AM 560. It's a defining moment for all of us. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 93.3 KWTO and stream us on the 93.3 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO, one hour down, one hour to go. If you missed the first hour, we dove into the Missouri Senate filibuster last night. What happened there? Coming up at 5.20, we've got Bruce, the theologian, talking about the latest in Christianity. But first, I want to dive into this conversation about Donald Trump and why Republicans want him to be the nominee. And I know people oh, we've talked about this before, but... It's a little different because listen, we've talked about this in the past that we, you know, we used to have a, a normal, what I would consider plan to pick our candidate. Trump is abnormal and it, completely abnormal in, in every way, shape, and form. So why do we like him? Well, there's a movie clip. I'm going to play the movie clip and I want you to listen to the words of it. And then we're going to explore why Donald Trump is so popular with the Republican base. You should move to a small town where the rule of law still exists. You will not survive here. You're not a wolf. And this is the land of wolves now. If you, if you could hear it, this is at the end of Sicario. And if you've seen the movie, Benicio del Toro is a very bad man. He is a mercenary for hire. Whoever pays him money, he goes and murders people. And he's been hired by the American government to help them stop the cartels from intruding into southern Texas. And he's speaking to Emily Blunt, who is an officer. She had been a border agent. She gets dispatched to work on a very select team. They get CIA. I'm not sure. And so she watches Del Toro do some very bad things to the Mexican cartel. Very bad things. And so she's like, I'm going to report him to the higher ups. Well, she, as she's thinking about this in her apartment, she, she, she's sitting there and all of a sudden he like breaks into her apartment. He like, she, she's out on a balcony. She comes back in. He's standing in her apartment and he says to her, I need you to sign a form saying that you've never been on these trips you know, blah, 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 that everything we did is on the up and up. And of course, he does it at threat of death. And then he says to her, you should move to a small town where the rule of law still exists. You will not survive here. You are not a wolf. And this is the land of wolves now. That statement sums up the attractiveness and appeal of Donald Trump. We've talked about this before, but Think back to Mitt Romney, John McCain, the the Republican, Bob Dole, the Republicans that ran for president, that were classy guys, that followed the established rules of the day. Do you remember do you remember both both McCain and Romney ran against Obama? Do you remember both of them constantly would correct their supporters and be like, oh, well, you know, somebody'd say, oh, well. Barack wasn't born here. Oh, you can't say that. Well, he's a Muslim. Oh, you can't say that. Is it true? Probably not. For either of those true, probably not. But they would do it while the Democratic Party would just eviscerate the Republicans. And there was no restrictions from the Democrats. They didn't play clean. They played as dirty as they could so they could win. Republicans are like, no, we're, there's rules to the rules of engagement. We follow them. But the Democrats weren't following them. Donald Trump comes along and runs a campaign like a Democrat. And by that, he doesn't take the rules of engagement seriously. And I know everybody's like, oh, we hate the way that Donald Trump speaks. We hate the way he tweets. We, ha- we wish he just showed. No. The way Donald Trump does his thing is because he's breaking the rules of engagement in the same way the Democrats do to us. He is setting the agenda every single day by what he posts. There is a method to the madness. And if you watch what he now, now here's, here's why I'm talking about this today, because in New York, the Democrats are demonstrating that they are willing to throw everything to the side in order to take out Donald Trump what am I talking about so in New York the attorney general is suing on behalf of the state she is suing Donald Trump and saying he violated all of these laws in 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 New York now there's an AP article the AP the Associated Press maybe the gold standard for independent or, or, or mainstream journalism Nobody on the left could be like, oh, the Associated Press, that's just a right-wing wreck. No, the Associated Press has an article, and they said within a few days, Donald Trump could potentially have his sprawling real estate business empire ordered dissolved because they're punishing him under the New York anti-fraud law. Now, the Associated Press analyzed 70 years of civil cases under that law. For 70 years, the laws existed in New York. This penalty, dividing, dissolving and dividing a business empire, has only been used 12 times in the history of the state. But here's where it gets worse. In the history of the state, in every single case where a business has been dissolved, it has been, there has been testimony from victims and demonstrable major losses neither of those are occurring in the trump business in other words what you usually have is you know you'll you'll have famous cases you'll have people that have defrauded somebody that have have stolen customers money that have taken stuff from people and and ruined ruined their lives the, and you can go through history and look at and some of them are, are somewhat famous cases. Um, the law came to be, you know, 70 years ago, but it's almost never used. But some of the famous cases that have taken place under it, you, the Gambino crime family who ruined so many lives and created a business empire, they broke it up. They had all these people come and testify. and am like, oh, my gosh, they took stuff from me. They, you know, they stole my money. I, I was declared bankrupt, whatever it would be. But in this situation, with the Trump empire, they have no victims. No one's come forward and been like, I am a victim of this. They don't have banks that are like, oh my gosh, we gave them massive loans and they default them. They have none of that. They have no major losses. They have no victims. The attorney general of New York just said, we, don't, we think they've made the misrepresentations to the state and because of that, We are going to break up, that's what they're asking the judge for, to break up the Trump business, to dissolve it. It's never been done before. And in this Associated Press article, they literally have numerous law professors, and these law professors do not like Donald Trump, that are saying, this is a terrible precedent. Uh, they've got a Michigan law professor, William Thomas, who suffered here. We don't have a list of victims. They've got a real estate lawyer from New York who sued Donald Trump that said this decision would set a horrible precedent because we don't have victims and we don't have this, this these losses. Why do I bring this up? It's a perfect pinpoint example of how liberals and Democrats don't follow the rules we want to get donald trump we impeached him once and it didn't work we'll impeach him again oh it didn't work we'll we'll impeach him when he's out of office and do more here oh that didn't work we'll invade mar-a-lago we'll charge him with 91 felonies spread out over five different jurisdictions and in new york the first people the first case filed against trump You've literally got people in New York saying, we've never had this happen. We've never had a lawsuit filed. We've never had this penalty recommended when there's no victims. There is nobody that came to court and said, your honor, I lost everything because of Donald Trump or Trump business or whatever it is. There's no list of losses. There's nobody. But you know what you've got? You've got a Democratic Party and you've got an attorney general that have made it there. Mission in life to destroy Donald Trump and, through him, the Republican nominee for president. Now, I want to read that line again. You should move to a small town where the rule of law still exists. You will not survive here. You are not a wolf. And this is the land of wolves now. That's why Donald Trump runs for president the way he runs for president. Because he's a wolf. And for everybody that doesn't like it, I understand that. He is not normal. He is crass. He is in the gutter because he is a guerrilla warrior because he's a wolf. That's why Donald Trump runs the way he runs, and that's why he was successful in 2016. That's why every time he's on the belt, you see the highest turnout in the history of elections, either for him or against him. I get it. A lot of people don't like him. New Hampshire, they just broke the record for most people turning out to vote. Trump wins, but they break the record on votes against him, votes for 2020 elections. He he set the all-time record for a presidential reelect. Not only that, he had the second most votes in the history of the country cast for him in that election. First was Joe Biden. Donald Trump is a wolf, and in the modern-day political spectrum, We are not, we don't abide by the rule of law. We're the land of wolves now. Look at anybody on social media. Look at the people that are really swinging for the fences. Look at the Jesse Kellys. Look at the Greg Kellers. We're the land of wolves now. That's how we operate. That's how politics is. And it took 40 years of Democrats acting like wolves for the Republican sheep to be like, you know what? Maybe we need some wolves defending us. And that's what you get. And that's how Donald Trump was created. You read American Carnage by Tim Alberta, you can sum that book up with this little line, we are the land of wolves now. The book is called American Carnage, and that's what wolves leave. They leave carnage in their wake, and that's what Donald Trump has done. And he's done it because that's what the Democrats did for 40 years to Republicans. There's a reason they're better at elections than us because they don't follow the rules of engagement; They break them time and time and time again. And Donald Trump says, you know what? I'm willing to break a few myself. The best example possible. Go back to 2016. Go back to the debate at Washington University in Missouri. Go back to that week. The TMZ tapes had just dropped. Everybody had heard Donald Trump 30 years ago say very crass things. The Republicans were like, we should abandon him as a candidate. He should drop out of the race. And what did Donald Trump do? He gathered up three of the women that Bill Clinton assaulted or harassed and he brought them to the debate. And he's like, you think my comments were bad? These women were attacked by my opponent's husband and she ruined their reputation and did nothing to stand out for them. Believe all women, not for a second, believe all women, only if they're liberals and helping Democratic caucuses. They didn't believe these women. And that's why you can't take anything they said seriously. And it was a brilliant strategy because every single Republican in the country stood up and were like, you know what? I may not like Donald Trump and I may not like the tactics, but it's about time somebody threw a punch at the Democrats because Mitt Romney and John McCain and Bob Dole, we had gone through so many elections where where they would rather apologize than hit back. And the classy guys were always finishing last. And Donald Trump said, you know what? It's the land of wolves and I'm a wolf. And that's why we have the Donald Trump we have, and that's why we won that 2016 election. And thank goodness we did win the 2016 election. Is there a, and it, it's going to be a long time from now, I feel like, is there a pendulum swing here? I mean, you you talk about guys like, like Biden, even though it was false. Nikki Haley is on this train now, this return to normalcy type train where, well, I'm a, I'm a true statesman. We're going to get away from the tactics of Donald Trump. We're going to go to going to get away from those mean Republicans who only want to yell and scream. Even though other than Trump, our most recent nominees have been John McCain and Mitt Romney. Uh is there a is there a pendulum swing back eventually? You think, and if there is, how long? Political philosophy wise, how long do you think that takes? You know, listen. Uh, this is the problem. This is like uh, to use another metaphor. It's like the Force in Star Wars. The dark side is the easier side. And so one, for both sides, it's the easier side. I think statesmen can win, but it's a tougher path to walk, and especially when statesmen turn into surrender artists, which is what happened with Mitt Romney and what happened with John McCain. They lost the, they lost the base. They lost the independence. They lost the moderates. Trump has figured out one other thing that, that very people. There are very few persuadable voters left. We used to think that there was a lot of persuadable voters, and John McCain and Mitt Romney and Nikki Haley would go look for those persuadable voters. Donald Trump realized that persuadable voters don't exist. Now you just need to get your voters to the polls. And so he fires up his voters. Now, in doing so, he fires up his opponent's voters, but Donald Trump has figured out, we're not out to persuade. We're just out here for turnout, and we're just going to be a blood object and beat these issues into the ground and get our people to show up. That's why his turnout numbers are so dang high. All right, enough about the Wolves. Let's talk about the sheep. We're going to come back. Bruce the Theologian joining us next. Stick around for that.